We're in First uh, Peter, chapter three. Wives, you're in the clear. Husbands, you're in the clear. We're <laughs> moving on. Uh, we're going to start in verse eight. Let me just make up uh, by way of an well, first welcome. By way of announcements, uh, so the elders are meeting, uh, Zoom meeting, uh, Mondays, and we're prayer and we're discussing, you know, when the church is going to be reopened. Right now, it would be an act of civil disobedience. I want you to understand that. But I, for one, uh, think it's time, and civil disobedience is fine with me. I'm, you know, I was born in Boston. You know, Freedom Trail, uh, Boston Tea Party, uh, um, Bunker Hill, you know, Midnight Rides. You know, I, I have a long-standing uh, history of rebellion. And then, of course, in my own life, uh, you know, we were part of, a, you know, anti... I want to say it right. We, uh, listen, I've been in sit-ins and demonstrations, and I, I'm not, you know, averse to anything like that. If I feel like my rights are being trampled on, of course I do. You know, we closed the churches down for a period, and that was kind of self-like. Okay, you tell us this big pandemic is heading here so uh it didn't turn out to be exactly what they said i think here in somerset county there were two or three cases none now and there's 10 counties in maine where that were you know one two three cases or zero cases so um you know we think it's time so we're talking about that now what you have to know is just pray okay I will tell you in a meeting last night that I was at, uh, there is a lawsuit being planned uh, underway against the governor for overreaching, for overstepping her, you know, boundaries. I, uh, the First Amendment to the Constitution, freedom of religion, is irrevocable. Uh, so, what? How would you feel? You know, we can't go by everybody. You know, People don't have a chance to vote. This isn't a democracy, you know, where elders and we're being praying, we're trying to be led by the Spirit of God. So, you know, you do what you have to do in your own conscience, but pray for us. And the other thing, too, is when the doors open, at what point in time, we would still, you know, the fact that we're a smaller church, I think, helps. We'd still maintain six feet, not among families, but among groups. You know, family here, and then six feet away is somebody else. And then we probably move some chairs or about and uh, to accommodate that. And um, maybe we'd even have to have uh, two services to accommodate that or three or 18, whatever it takes, right? Because uh, we'd have uh, a protocols in place. Um, and, and what those protocols are, I'm really getting ahead of ourselves if I start talking about that now because I'm going to do what the, what the elders determined that we ought to do. And we're prayerful and, and stuff. And... Uh, you know, things like um, fines or even being arrested, you know, things like that don't worry me. Um, I just want to make sure we're, we're doing what God wants us to do. And, uh, you know, Peter is going to uh, tell us about uh, obeying the authorities over us, and Paul tells us, same thing, because both of them were put to death for not doing what they tell us that we're supposed to do. There's a time, a point in time where you obey the rulers, and there's a point in time where you say, no, we're obeying God. So I think that's what we've come to, and so where, how that works out in the coming weeks and months, pray, would you do that? So we're in First Peter chapter 3, and we're in verse 8. 
Let's pray. Our Father, our God, as we look into these some of these tough scriptures to understand, we pray your blessing that you would give us a, a real understanding of what you would have for us. And then we might take it and apply it to our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, likewise, ye wives, in verse 1. Verse 7, likewise, ye husbands. What likewise are we talking about? We're talking about chapter 2, verse 21. For hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Likewise, ye wives, likewise, ye husbands. He didn't do any sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. Likewise, ye wives, likewise, ye husbands. And when he, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who in his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. And in that context, he gives wives their instruction of how they're supposed to be. In that context, he gives uh, husbands their instruction of how they're supposed to be. Uh, he, he left us an example that we should follow. Um, don't think these words don't resonate in my heart as we go forward and make godly decisions. Now, verse 8, finally, be all ye of one mind, having compassion one on another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Okay, let's talk about this. We're going to take this and break this down verse at a time like we do. Finally, in summation, be all of one mind. Was that the husband's mind? Is that the wife's mind? No, that's the mind of Christ, okay? That's the, that's the example that's the, that's what the the you know the precedent he set here. Be all of one mind. Have compassion one on another. Love as brethren. Compassionate love is what we're called to exhibit. Now that's not curious just to this. That's all through Scripture. That's we don't even have hardly have to comment on that. Be pitiful. <laughs> you say, hey, I'm I'm married to that guy. He's already pitiful. No, it means. Full of pity it means kind-hearted, okay? You, well, you're having compassion, right? You're loving as brethren. You're kind-hearted. You're courteous. And courteous doesn't mean, you know, like British society, you know. You, you watch these uh, sense and sensibility kind of, and, and they, have, they have manners, okay? They have this bowing. They have these ceremonies. They have this courteous. That's not what it's saying. It's just a preference one toward another. Look at, I, I tell you what, we can look at it in verse 9. This will give us the best example. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for rail, railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that you're thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Now, in our marriage series, I'm talking about this very often. You only overcome one spirit with a different spirit. If, if the spirit is a spirit of uh, bitterness, you overcome that with a spirit of forgiveness. We're called to overcome evil with good. So my wife, you know, she talks to me disrespectfully. <gasps> well, I'll show her disrespect. And, I, and, and she nags me. Well, I'll double down. I'll nag her. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. One, that never worked. Two, scripturally, it's not what we're called to do. And I gave us an example 
last week, when we looked at um, Song of Solomon, her performance was very lackluster. He comes, he's looking for love. She, oh, I can't dress my feet again. What am I going to put my house coat on? Oh my goodness, look at what you're asking me. Her performance is, is not. Now what the shocker we'll find out tonight in tonight's study is Solomon goes out of his way to reestablish. She treats him poorly. He treats her like a princess. Not railing for railing. Listen, if you adopt this into your relationships, specifically your marriage, you're, you're not evil for evil. I, I tell you, I, I talk to guys, I, I, I counsel with people, who, and usually the wife drags the husband off and by threat of divorce. Well, if you don't you know, meet with me and Adam, I'm going to divorce you, blah, blah, blah. And then she'll tell me what horrible thing he's done. Sometimes, not all the time, okay? And then he'll double down and say, well, yeah, he won't answer why he was despicable. He'll show me her dirty laundry, why she was horrible. But basically, it's evil for evil, railing for railing. It never worked. It never will work. God says, overcome evil with good. Will it work? Yes, every time. You have a poverty spirit, you overcome that with generosity. In, in, in every instance, God's ways are different ways. And it's not, it's counterintuitive. It's not the way you would figure it out. Well, I ain't going to let him push me around. And so we push back harder to discourage him from pushing us around. And then we're just, whoever has the strongest push wins. That's not the way that God has designed our relationships to go forward. Not evil for evil, not railing for railing. Contrarywise, blessing. Isn't this the picture of Jesus Christ? Back in verse chapter two, verse twenty-one. For here, where even hereunto where you call, Christ suffered for us, leaving an example that we should follow his steps. He didn't do any sin. There was no guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. It's not railing for railing. It's not evil for evil. Imagine being the Son of God, having a, a, at your disposal myriads of angels. All you need is one, but he had legions at his, and he said so. Don't you know I could call right now legions of angels? When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Always remember that. And this here, I think, is, look at this already is worth the price of admission. I'm going to win. Somebody gives me a grief, I'll bless you. Somebody smites you on your right cheek, turn it off from the other also. We're the group that goes the extra mile. We're the ones who don't counterpunch. We don't. It works. Knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. Is it a blessing for that person when they treat me poorly and I bless them? Yes, it is. Is it a blessing for me? Yes, it is. Winner, winner. Who loses? Everyone everyone comes out ahead. I like God's way better. So somebody gives me a hard time, I'll give them a harder time. That'll work. Well, I'm not blessed and they're not blessed. I don't know how that worked. We have to rethink some things in our lives. 
we, the way we've been doing it, and, and to a large degree, and a lot of things are wrong. We have to, you know, admit that and start doing right. This is called repentance. Wonderful word. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips they speak no guile. I love life. I want to see good days. So, you know, you win the war by bridling your tongue. Of course, we, we, we looked at that at length when we were in the, uh, the book of James. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Ensue means to pursue. Eschew evil doesn't mean just shun. It means like, ah, this is disgusting. Have nothing to do with, okay? Um, and that's how we're supposed to feel about evil. We're supposed to do good. We're supposed to hate evil, okay? Um, you say, well, I kind of like evil. I know, I know. Where you have that fallen nature, you cultivate uh, a taste for good. Um, the spirit of truth leads us into all truth. We hate error. Uh, the, 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 he's the Holy Spirit, okay? He's not the sinful spirit. He's the, he leads us into holiness. We're in the flesh. We get saved, and now we're in the spirit, but we still got a lot of our, our uh, ideas are still very fleshly ideas. And let the spirit of God lead. Let him lead us out of those fleshly ideas into you know, a, a place of spiritual blessing. Well, we feel the same way about evil that he feels about evil. It's hateful. And you've heard me say, choose to sin, choose to suffer. I'm going to bring sin into my marriage. And I'm going to introduce sin. And I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to be short. I'm going to be ill-tempered. I'm going to be a porn guy. I'm going to be you know, flirt guy, and my marriage is going to go great. No, choose to sin, choose to suffer. It's just that easy. I hate evil. It's not going to ever do do me any benefit. I'm, I'm, I'm getting far away from it as I can. I'm going to do good, and I'm going to seek peace. You can't, peace doesn't show up on your doorstep in a bundle. You have to seek, you have to pursue it. You have to go after it. Nothing happens in your life. Evil will find you. Uh, temptation will find you. You have to seek peace. What are your hobbies? What do you do? Well, I like to download sermons. I like to listen to Ravi Zacharias. Uh, I like to listen to this pastor. I like to, that's my hobby. I like to do, I like to read some theology, some good books. I like some C.S. Lewis. I got, you got to have to seek after. You have to energetically try to have peace in your life. Doing nothing will not ensure peace. It's, 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 you, it's, again, it's, it's something you have to chase after. You have to pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Uh, God's not going to bless our evil. And that is good enough reason to leave it, to eschew it, to shun it, to get away from it, to just have nothing to do with it. Uh, I don't want sin in my life because the Lord is against them that do evil. I don't want that. I want God's blessing in my life. I want the fellowship of God. I want His His face uh, to shine upon me. Uh, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. I'm actively pursuing evil, and I'm praying. And I'm wondering why my prayers aren't answered. Oh my goodness. Listen, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? God said, I love you. I can't bless your rebellion. You'll think, if you, if you have that area of your life and you have sin in it, and you think, if I bless, you're going to think I'm okay with that. Well, I'm not okay with that. You're suffering. Your marriage is suffering. Your relationships are suffering. Your finances are suffering. Your health is suffering. Don't do that. I don't want you to suffer. His blessing, do it my way. And 
That's, it's a simple choice. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. He's, he sees what's going on. His ears are open to their prayers. I love that. I tell you, you know, at, at uh, work every day, there's four or five of us now, sometimes a couple more. And every day we start the day at work. The company owner is actively involved in this. He's not just endorsing. He's, he's one of the prayer people. Is God's prayer, is, is our prayer, is God's ears open to our prayer? Oh my goodness, yes. And when we were back in Matthew 18, you know, where two or more gathered in my name is touching anything. If you ask two or more asking, I'll do it for you. And it has a whole thing of binding and loosing. This, there's prayers that are, that God will bless when there's a multiplicity that he just won't. There's, there's ways I can pray individual and there's ways that we can pray as a group. Well, God, does he want us to pray individually? Yes, he does. Does he want us to pray as a group? Yes, that's why sometimes blessing is only available to the group. Now, the group only has to be two or three. So if you're married, you automatically have a, a, a quorum with God. Um, this, you should use this opportunity especially when it comes to binding and loosing. Is there a, some bitter, some poverty spirit in your house? Is there some uh, you know, antagonistic spirit? You know, she nags, he barks. They're just always on eggshells, and they're just one or two words away from World War III all the time. Agree in prayer. Pray that spirit right out of your house. Um, God says so. His ear are open to the prayers of the righteous. You have to, at some point, determine. I'm not. I'm not going to be. Sin isn't my cho- my cho- choice. Now you're going to f- sin. Oh, of course you are. You're going to fail. Yeah, but it's not your choice. I uh, tonight I'm going to just get involved in all the sin I can get, and then you know tomorrow I'll repent and we start a new week. No, it, no. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. I want God's blessing in my life. I'm, I, I, I don't want I don't want sin. I want to inherit a blessing. I want God's eyes to be upon me. I want His ears open to my prayers. I don't want His face against me because I'm doing evil. And who is He that will harm you if He be followers of that which is good? Well, Peter was beaten for his faith. Early on, the second, third, fourth, fifth chapters of Acts. Uh, But I guess he wasn't harmed. You know, it's funny to me what Scripture calls harm. You can get hurt, but you can't get harmed. Um, You know, Daniel was uh, thrown in a lion's den, right? Was he harmed? No, God saw him through. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fire furnace. Were they harmed? Not even smoke was upon them. God knows how to deliver, but sometimes his deliverance doesn't look like the way we'd think about it. Uh, Peter ends up being crucified uh, upside down, is as the tradition goes. That's not scriptural, that he was either crucified or crucified upside down. But I think it's pretty good tradition. It's, it's Most everyone thinks that. And because the whole thing was he didn't want to be crucified like his Lord. He didn't think he was worthy. So they crucified him upside down. Is that harm? I guess not. Did it hurt? Oh, I'll bet it hurt a bunch, especially if he was an older man. And then he was ushered into the presence of God. I it, That's how it works. Um, it, no harm will come to us. Sometimes persecution, but that's 
that's on the menu. That's what God chooses for us sometimes. For if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. I need a Kleenex here. Oh, I got some. Hold on. Uh, I'm not crying. I just got some sort of allergy thing going or something. I don't know. All of a sudden, my nose is running. Uh, if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. So we're talking about, and I was at a meeting last night. Talk about prayer, by the way. We had a, it was a prayer meeting because, uh, again, because of a, a lawsuit being brought against. And I don't want to say anything more than that. I don't want to like. I don't know how much I'm supposed to say. I don't want to be uh, uh, accused of spilling the beans. But anyway, we had prayer time. Uh, 30-something pastors in prayer. That was choice. That was that was something else. That was really a, a blessing to me. Um, but we were talking about suffering for righteousness' sake because there may be people in our midst who were there last night who will end up either being fined or imprisoned or... I haven't been arrested in my life, nor, nor do I want, and all that goes with that, nor do I want that. If that happens, that happens. If I lose my job, that happens. If I, people criticize, that happens all the time. I don't even, I don't even count that as anything. Uh, and people second guess you. You know, uh, it's funny because uh, if my job is a safety guy, everyone knows my job better than I do, or so they would tell you. It's funny, I'm second-guessed all the time. But so then on, on my altar, you go, I pastor a church, but I'm never second-guessed here, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I, in the church proper, people don't generally, I mean, people choose Calvary Chapel, and they like the, the choices and stuff. So I don't get it always at church, and I don't mean to you know, paint a picture. Every time I show up, you know, I'm a pinata, and they're whacking at me. No, it's not like that. I think people, by and large, treat me very good here. doesn't mean that I'm not second-guessed. Um, but I'm, but I, we all suffer for righteousness' sake, and we were talking about that, and we were praying about that last night. You know, uh, so you end up in the lion's den, well, God will deliver sometimes, but early Christians were fed to lions, and those lions had their way with them. It doesn't always end up, you know, uh, with uh, root beer and skittles. It, 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 it's, it's, you follow God, and come what may, He'll have His way. But sometimes His way isn't the way we we choose. Sometimes you suffer for righteousness' sake. What happens in those situations? Happy are you? Don't be afraid of their terror. Neither be troubled. How do you do that? Well, if you fear God, right, you don't fear anybody else, okay? No coward, no Christian, Christians and cowardice. I mean, because faith and fear are opposites, and as we exhibit faith in God, the fear goes away. God, who knows how many hairs we have on our head, who loves us more than we love us ourselves, who has thoughts in us that are innumerable by the, by the sea. So with uh, we're, we're like, oh my goodness, Satan's a roaring lion. He's seeking who made devour. Oh my goodness. It's like God's like, oh, he's asleep. He's not paying attention. And Satan sneaks in and grabs me. Are you insane? What, what kind of theology is that? Sometimes he lets bad things happen to us. Okay. We're not afraid of their terror. We're not troubled. 
How do we do that? Verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Do you understand? As a matter of fact, we all know that verse. Are you, are you surprised to find it there? How do we, how are we not nerved up when, when tribulation comes? Because we sanctify the Lord in our hearts. And we, we always have an We know why we do what we do. And we know why we believe what we believe. Uh, give a man an answer there. The answer is apologia in the, in the uh, Greek. It means apologetics, we get the word. Okay? It doesn't mean you go around saying you're sorry for everything, apologizing. It means you, 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 you give to every man an answer. You, you rationally explain to people why it is that we believe that we, what we believe. And it's very reasonable. Uh, we give to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. In a hopeless society, when things are dark and your light is shining the brightest, I've talked with people who don't believe in the Christian God, who don't believe like I believe, who have asked me to pray for their, like their mom got a diagnosis of cancer. And they'll come and they'll ask me to pray. I'm thinking like, yeah, last week you said there was no God. You want me to pray to the God who isn't? But I, but I, again, I never bring that up and rub somebody's nose in it. I wouldn't do them. Too much of a gentleman. And I'd say, yeah, would you like me to pray right now? Would you like to be part of that? Or, and they'll say, oh, uh, they'll say yeah, they'll say no, and, uh, or whatever. I like it when they want to listen to me pray. And then the other thing, too, is I, I, I'll show them, yeah, I'll pray. People want to know why you're not freaked out. Uh, the governor of New York said, uh, so a reporter was asking her about, you know, opening up the state. And isn't the curse, uh, the cure, worse than the disease? Isn't, the, isn't what, you know, we're trying to you know, fight off a disease, but isn't what's happening worse than just getting the disease? And he says, no, getting the disease could lead to death. What's worse than that? I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, are you really that clueless? What's worse than death is loss of freedom. Live free or die. Give me liberty or give me death. Please. That's, did you not, were you sleeping in the fifth grade when they covered that? that or, or were you, were you, what's, so we don't care. We, 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 men are freaked out by death. Non-believers are freaked out by death. And we're like, don't threaten us with a good time. It's going to be home, be with Jesus. What else you got? And when you have that attitude, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious that it's, we're different from everybody else. We lose a loved one and we're like, okay, see you in the morning. I'll, I'll see you on the other side. No big. Uh, we, don't, we don't grieve like those who have no hope. Well, people see that and they ask. And you have to be able to, listen, you don't need to, uh, an apologetics course. You really don't. Why do you believe what you... And that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. That could be a very fine thing. Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you hope what you hope? Why do you trust in God? It's, just speak from your heart and tell Him. Use Scripture. I, this verse meant a lot to me. This is what God used to convince me that He's real. This is what... Just answer with meekness and fear. Now, fear here means respect. 
I love uh, um, Ravi Zacharias. He's very bright, but he never, he's not snide. He doesn't like, I, I, I think a lot of people do apologetics and they're trying to score more points than their opponent. And I think that the, the spirit of that is wrong. You can win an argument and lose the person if you're trying to just argue better than they're arguing. Just answer from your heart, this is why I believe what I believe. And God will bless that. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Be ready always to give to every man an answer. The pastor, no, everybody. I, I have to, like a Christian, I have to do the same thing you do. And you have to give a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, and they will, that they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. People understand what a holy lifestyle looks like. They really do. And they may badmouth you, but they're ashamed of that. They know better. For it is better if the will of God so be that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Okay? If you're suffering because you're doing what God wants you to do, well, welcome to the to First Peter. Welcome to Peter's life. Welcome to Paul's life. Welcome to the early church. Andrew, Thomas, uh, James, uh, the other James, they were all they all suffered for for Jesus Christ. Uh, it's 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 anyone who would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And if you're suffering for doing the right thing, good. It's better than suffering for evil doing. If you go to prison because you were selling drugs, you know, to augment your income, that's not suffering for oh, I'm being persecuted. No, you're just paying what you owe. That's not that's not anything to do with that. And he gives us the example, for Christ also hath once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now this here is going to be a little tough sledding. I'm going to do the best I can. I only got about 10 minutes to do it. Um, it starts out back in chapter 2, here unto you where you called, and this whole thing is in that context, and now he's summing up Christ also once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Talking about the resurrection there. By which also he went and preached under the spirits in prison. Thanks, Peter. What's that all about? He preached, caruso means to make a proclamation, and are these evil spirits, presumptively so, so did he go down to hell and talk? I, I don't, we don't know... All, just let's look at the verse. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Later on in Second Peter, he'll talked about those that in, those souls in Tartarus, the bottomless pit, and it's the only place in the New Testament that it's that it's used. Uh, I'm I'm confusing. Abuso is the bottomless pit. Tartarus is a is a a prison for spirits and presumptively evil spirits what what do they do that they are caught in this prison well i think he's going to introduce it here in chapter 3 verse 20 which sometime one time they were disobedient when once the long suffering of god waited in the days of noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water now those spirits in prison of verse 19 were those which one time were disobedient. When were they disobedient? 
Well, I think that's what we're looking at in, in uh, Genesis chapter 6, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men. Now, people, there's not a rabbi on earth, especially ancient rabbis, that had any problem with that. They all taught one thing, um, that these were fallen angels who procreated with women. You say, how does that work? I'm not exactly sure how regular procreation works, so don't ask me about angel physiognomy or... Uh, <laughs> Who knows, okay? But one time these fallen angels were disobedient, and that he points to the days of Noah. Do you remember what it says about Noah, that he was perfect in his generations? He was unadulterated in his genealogy, is what that's saying, and we, we see perfect in his generations. What does that mean? He's a really good guy. No, his family tree was unadulterated. It was pure. Tanim, I think, is the Hebrew word there. What, why do we care about that? Because one time, fallen angels came into the daughters of men to corrupt the gene pool to make the earth unredeemable. And I think that's the picture. Because we're looking at redemption. Christ suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. After that, after his resurrection, he went also and preached under the spirits in prison, the, uh, again, presumptively fallen, fallen spirits, fallen angels, and prison, make of that way you will, what you will, what that he proclaimed. I, I think the proclamation is victory, and I think that, see, the, you tried to make redemption not happening, but I made redemption happen. happen. And then he gives us the context, chapter 20. Now, there's all kinds of teaching about oh the you know the, the the sons of God and the daughters of men well that's the you know the godly line of Seth and the ungodly daughters of men and I I don't know where you got godly lines of Seth I don't know where anyone got that what what makes you think Seth's line was godly and if you have believers and unbelieving people married why does after that tell us and there were giants in the earth in those days. We have unbelievers and believers marrying all the time, but they don't give birth to freakish giants with six toes and six fingers on each hand, okay? And now he's, he, he's just inducing it here. I'm going to table it for now because he's going to, in Second Peter, he's going to talk more about it. And he's talking about the eight people who were saved by water. They were lifted up by the water. They weren't they weren't drowned in the water like everybody else, is the idea. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So salvation saves. Does salvation save us? Wait, if we get... If we get... I'm, yeah, salvation does save us. No, baptism it's like a uh, figure whereunto even baptism doth not also save. So baptism saves us. So all you can do is get baptized and you're saved. No, baptism is a picture of what happened internally. It was the early church's altar call. It was how we show everyone that we're a child of God. And that is the salvation experience, not the actual baptism. He's saying uh, Noah's Ark, and, uh, a point in fact, was a picture of baptism. It's a picture of going through and being saved. Were they saved? Yeah. They didn't drown in the, in, the, in the flood. The ark was a picture of Jesus Christ. It carried them to safety. Yeah, they were saved by the water. It's a, it's a picture. 
He's, and he's saying that, the like figure. Okay, it's figurative. It's the like figure that baptism does also now save. Does baptism save you? No, it's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. It's not the water, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Baptism saves in that sense. Yeah, I, I mean, who else gets baptized? Well, little, I'm talking about, you know, uh, I was baptized. I'm using my ditto fingers now. I was baptized as a little child, you know, a few days old, a couple weeks old. My wife, who wasn't Catholic at all, she was baptized as a little child. She was Methodist, okay? So both Methodists and Catholics practiced baptism. What happened? Well, neither one of us were baptizo, immersed. They poured water on it. It was just a picture of nothing as far as I'm concerned. But as an adult, I said, yes, I want to follow Christ in the picture, in the, in the waters of baptism. And that, that good conscience toward God, that's salvation. That's when I said, yeah, I'm saved. I'm the real deal. I'm the real McCoy. I've changed my life over to follow Jesus Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. I want everyone to know it. That's the salvation. Not the, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. Not washing. I mean, you know, actual, if we thought baptism saved, I'd get five or six biggest guys around here. We'd just grab people and start dunking them. I mean, uh, obviously that's not the picture that he's trying to present. He gives us an example of the ark and how that was a, a picture of salvation. And he gives us another picture of salvation, baptism. And by the way, baptism itself is a picture of salvation. Death, burial, we're under the water, right? And then resurrection, isn't that what happens to the believer? We, we, we had, we, the old man dies and is buried and that we're resurrected in, in newness of life. We're told that in so many scriptures I, I couldn't even quote them all. Uh, it's, it's, so this is figurative language here. Uh, that good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like I just demonstrated with the, with the death, the baptism, and the resurrection, right? We have a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers been made subject unto him. What about these evil spirits in prison? Hey, you lose. You, you, didn't, you didn't win. I win. Uh, I'm resurrected. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to sit at the right hand of God. I am the uh, 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 angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Are these the evil spirits in prison subject to Jesus Christ? Well, of course they are. The good angels, the fallen angels, the second wave of fallen angels who went after the daughters of men. I don't care what category you put any created being in, they're subject to his authority and power. I love that about Jesus Christ. That's why we're to be like him. That's why we're to follow after him. That's why we were to get to every man an answer. This is kind of gives everything focus. He resurrected. He was the victor. Death couldn't keep him. The grave couldn't hold him. He resurrected. He's got, he was, he was put to death in the flesh. He was resurrected in the spirit. Does he have flesh now? It's different flesh. It's resurrected flesh. It's not like yours and mine. And he's going to live forever. He's at the right hand of God. All angels, all authorities, all powers are made subject unto him. Hallelujah. Why are we worshiping anybody else? Why are we trying to have our own way? Why are we trying to have our agenda? He answers our prayers. His face is toward the righteous. His ear is open to their prayers. Um, we don't, we don't, do evil for evil, railing for railing, contrarywise blessing. Because Jesus Christ, when he was being tortured to death, when his beard was pulled out of his face, he told us to go the extra mile. Uh, did he go the extra mile? They put a cross on his back and he went as far as he could go. 
he 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 didn't do railing for railing father forgive them they don't know what they're doing he no hypocrite he he told us to turn the other cheek they'll pull his beard out of his face and he literally turned the other cheek and his way is the way that leads to victory now if you look at the whole thing you get it right Let's look at the whole thing and let's get it. Let's pray our Father and God. What an incredible chapter. Okay, there's some stuff in here that's kind of hard to understand. I agree. A lot of times your word is hard to understand. But what we do understand, help us to be obedient to this heavenly vision. Help us to, to get this. Help us to understand. Help us to be these people. We don't want to be the evil for evil people. We want to overcome evil with good to your honor and to our blessing, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.